Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers. Let's go, let's go, let's go. One of my favorite things to do in life is to talk over Johnny Cash. Uh, nothing makes you feel more masculine um, <laughs> than, than having Johnny Cash, you know, singing and me, me sitting here attempting to say, hey, Johnny, you're going to have to uh, pipe that down a little bit. I got something to say. We're glad you're here on Circle Unbroken. This is our first episode, session, show, uh, time together following the 4th of July. And today I am welcomed in by Dr. Harris. Dr. Harris, let's go, baby. It changes every week. It was pastor last <laughs> week, right. now it's doctor. I mean, yes. The absurdity. Well, I just appreciate you treating me. You know, that's when I came to you and said, hey, this doesn't look right. And you, you gave me that prescription. That was great. I really, I really, I really am thankful that I could come to your clinic. Folks, in Radio Land, if you could see his face right now, I thought he was uncomfortable. When there's I so many, him. there's so many ways to <laughs> decipher that. Yeah. I, I called him Pastor Harris, and he was clearly uncomfortable. But I think Doctor Harris, Doctor Harris, is now uh, rubbing his own temples, going, "What are we doing here today?" Uh, we also have uh, a special guest with us, a, a repeat offender. I mean, a repeat <laughs> guest, Randall Roby. Welcome in, sir. Hey, thanks, Taft. Appreciate it. I'm glad you came back. Randall has been on one of our episodes before. If you guys remember this, it was Randall and Ben Jones. And on a serious note, it was right after uh, we were walking through, uh, I hate even to say aftermath, but the feelings and everything that was connected to the Covenant school shooting. And Randall, you talked to us then about safety about your your role and, and your mission uh ladies and gentlemen randall is the owner of Icanos emergency management and also a public speaker where he speaks to organizations groups and teams about resiliency about being somebody who is he's your guy if you need somebody to talk about resiliency he'll come in and talk about it from a business standpoint but also a life standpoint if i'm punched in the gut kicked in the you know what and i need to bounce back uh, Randall is a good person to talk about that on any level. And Randall, I'm glad you're here because we're not going to do the business thing today. Right. Uh, we are going to talk today about a topic, Clayton, that I have been walking through just a couple blocks down here every Wednesday night. Uh, for those of you that, that don't know this, I've, I've been leading a men's group for, wow, I think I committed to do it for like three months. And I told the men, hey, I'll lead it on Wednesdays as long as if I'm gone, speaking, traveling, balling, whatever, y'all can fill in for me. Well, that has turned into a – it's it's exploded. It's it's grown. I think the church likes it because it had been – our church had been very women-heavy, and the women and babies would come. And on Wednesday nights, self-included, like the teacher and leader of the group, self-included, I'd be right over here at the pizza joint. And I'd drop my kids off, make sure they were in class, make sure my wife was in her class, and I'd come over here and eat pizza because my perception was there's just nothing nothing for me over there. Midweek, I need to relax. Midweek, I need to, like, take a breath collectively and not go in there and, and play church. I just I wasn't in the mood to do that. Well, when they asked me to lead a group, it, it was wise because it promotes my attendance <laughs> uh, and make sure that the Ayers family is always there. But then also – I went to this group of guys that's starting this this men's ministry, and I said to them, hey, there's a book I read years ago 
And the book is by David Morrow and is called Why Men Hate Going to Church. And it's a very catchy title because when, when somebody sees that, they say, I don't hate going to church, you know, and David has talked about over the years how he initially wanted to write, you know, why men don't go to church. And his publisher told him, he said, hey, it's not that it's not that they don't go. It's just they don't want to, you know, and so they, they have this conversation. And then it was real funny. He confesses that the Christian publisher said, we don't want to use the word hate in a Christian title. And he said, well, we want to sell books, don't we? And so it's, so it's a very captivating subject of why men hate going to church. And, and I wanted Roby to come in and talk about that with us today because we have both preached and taught at all different kinds of churches. Right. Um, but it's also a thing where when we st- started – so going backwards, I told the guys they needed to get this book and figure it out for their men's ministry. And they said, would you teach it? Like, would you walk us through weeks on it? And so this week I'm doing chapter five tonight, and I said, you know what? I would love for us to discuss this with our audience because on Circle and Broken, we talk about the areas of faith, business, and community. And if you really look around, some of those places can be more female heavy at times. And I've always wondered why such and such place is female heavy, why it's geared and programmed for women, but then we force men to attend. And so I just kind of wanted to walk through that with you. Roby, when you hear that subject, men hate going to church, what do you think? Yeah, I, when I heard it first, it was one of those, it's like I, I've, I've read a lot of different books. And mm-hmm. when you told me it came from a book, that's the first thing I did is I went to go find the book. Mm-hmm. And when I went and found the book and, and looked through it, one of the things that, that jumped out to me was this idea of, of soft spaces versus competitive spaces. Yeah. And for for men, you know, we we want to find those competitive spaces. Like I want to be in that spot where there's there's a lot of things going on. There's there's TVs. There's sports. There's there's some kind of action. There's something right. moving and happening. Right. And when I walk into church, we have created over the last hundred years or so, really here in the U.S. especially, churches has be- have become soft spaces sure. where. The lighting is dim. It's quiet. It's cool. There's soft music. You know, it's it's just you know it, it's so calm. It's like mm-hmm. NPR, and here we go. <laughs> you know, and everything's great, and and that's that's not a man's environment. That's right. not where we thrive. And and like you said, I want to relax. I want to unwind, especially midweek, Wednesday evening. You tell me I just got off work where I've been in this really highly competitive environment where I'm trying to close deals and close the sale and everything else, and I'm walking into a space now that is, well, I've got to change my language. Right. I've got to change the way I dress, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to sit and be quiet, and, right. and we're going to talk about how everyone is love and peace and joy and Everything is great. And We're not going to address any of our problems. Yeah, and it's all here's – I'm sorry, no, I, right. I'm not. That's just – I'm out. And, right. and that has been the trend, unfortunately, and that's really what he addresses in this book is this idea of, of, of church becoming a soft space. Yeah, yeah. And he says, Clayton, that they the church has got programmed like this uh, back during you know, the wars when, when men were leaving and going to fight, and it became a very women-heavy – environment and the women uh they basically program he talks about the the temperature in your house and who 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 sets it you know funny thing in my house i don't even touch it uh, I, I just i just never have i don't care right but if i don't care 
who am I to complain when it's hot or cold? And it says the women have been given the keys to that for forever. Like so, they they adjust the churches, and it, we have predominantly, if you look around, it's males in leadership. Like you see, males that are in the, most of the leadership roles, but it's the women that are doing the programming, that they're they're influencing the DNA. And then he said, he oh, he takes this one jab. Oh, it's money. All right, coming from my background, knowing a lot of Christian music and stuff, he he has this line where he says, "Little Johnny grows up in the back of his mom's SUV." I mean, that's where he spends his time getting moved around. And he's in there, and th- dude, this is this is awesome. He says, and so he said, if you go to any Christian radio format, what they say, and I know this because I sold it for years, is what they say is blah, 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 radio, a safe place for your family. Because you're not going to have ED commercials. They're not going to have marijuana commercials, two-for-one at the club commercials, you know, that pay the bills and traditional radio. And he says, uh, they're, they're going to hear safe, 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 safe. And he goes, but what's the number one thing that a 13, 14, 15 year old boy doesn't want to be? It's not safe. Right. They want adventure. Right. They don't want to be safe. And so there becomes this time when the, the male is going to break away from safe because they don't see it as something that is attractive or something that they want to be. They want to be a, let's go run through the wall. And he said, and you think that changes with men? And he says, it doesn't. He said, men are task-oriented. Give me a mission. Give me something to point the missiles at, right? Give me something to go and do, which is why you tell a bunch of men to come to a prayer meeting, and I'm using generic terms. But everybody come to the prayer meeting, we might get 10 of you, okay? But then we say this, there's a house on School Street. It's dilapidated, and we got a widow in it. We need to have a Saturday day where we go in there and we enforce and restore this home. You can get 50 because it's like, hey, I can bring my kids to that. Hey, we, we, can go, we can go be men and do things. And the church universally isn't geared towards that. It's geared towards coming here. One of the questions he asked here is, does your church uh, resemble a baby shower or a football game? But by, by culture, you know, well, men are going to be like, let's go, let's go score, let's go dominate. Uh, a baby shower, it's like, let's sit around and talk about our blessings. <laughs> and, and so there, there is this out there. Clayton, any thoughts triggered in your head as I'm talking about this concept? Well, you, my, my adventure with religion has seen several different sure. paths. And, right. uh, but you're still able to call it an adventure. It is an adventure. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, uh, I've been attending the Episcopal Church, and uh, it's um, it's obviously a lot different than the way I was raised. But sure. it, there's also a lot of tradition in it too that I know. My family, dating back, you know, a couple hundred years, they went to the same. You know, it, it's a lot of the same. So, right, I don't know. Uh, it it to me, it's different. It's night sure. and day different from what I used to be or where I used to be, and, and right and how church went that way compared to that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of more traditional. You do the right. same thing every week, really, and, and you, get, you get a sermon. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. So maybe but, – but I do understand what you're saying sure. too, though, because I've, I've lived in that, yeah. that, that realm as well. So I think it's hard because if you – me and you both have sons. Correct. And if you said, hey, Taft, I would like for you and your boys to come to – such and such at the church, Episcopal church. Right? We'd yeah. like for you to come. Um, even the demeanor of how it would go getting my kids into the car, walking in, 
would be completely different than if you said, hey, the schedule shifted this year and Florida's at Brian Denny and, oh, I want you to come to that. Dude, they're in the car the night before. Sure. And I'm going, let's go. You know, right. and, and I get that from a, from a football perspective to a, I don't want to throw being reverent out the, out the window, but even the biological makeup for me is different when I've got what I perceive to be a task in front of me or challenge or something I'm excited about versus the way that we have geared church culture. It, it's been more of a come in and behave as opposed to, I loved you calling it adventure earlier because as opposed to come in and experience come in and help, come in and do. And that's the language I think that men like. This just doesn't seem to be prevalent right? for, for people um, that, that are out there. Uh, I want to ask you this, Randall. I want to get the, the people thinking about this. When we think about the church and it being geared towards women, meaning the programming, the direction, uh, let's go have a tea party, let's go have a shower, let's go have this meal. And, and again, I need the audience to hear this. I love those things. Like, I love fellowship. I love getting together. But if that's it, it pick any church in this town. If that's all it is, it's no different than Gray Mirror Country Club. Like, it's, it's just no different yeah. if it's just sitting around, you, you know, experiencing that sweet little fellowship as opposed to actually, like I said earlier, pointing our missiles at something. Um, but I want to ask you this, Randall, and then I want to open it up for everybody who's listening here. Have you ever seen church going as – womanly behavior. Now, these aren't my words. These are words from the author, okay? And do you know any men that do? Yeah, and and so short answer, yes. Mm-hmm. Short answer is yes to, to both. Sure. Uh, that, that I have seen it as being womanly behavior. I've experienced it, and, and I say that just from, from growing up in a, in a hyper-masculine household sure. that, that it was seen. I mean, we got work to do, especially during the summer. Uh, you know, you want me to quit work at five o'clock in order to to get home and and clean up and change clothes and all that to be at a Bible study that starts at six or six thirty, and or even at seven. The sun's not down until eight thirty. Right. You know, I'm giving up three hours of work in order to do this for for what? To, to go through that whole process of, of getting cleaned up and dressed up and all this kind of stuff to go out again. I, I mean, that, that was just not seen as, as I mean, that's just a waste sure. of time. There was sure. nothing there for me. Um, the, I think one of the, the things that, that caused that was this idea of, I have to completely change everything about who I am and what I'm doing in order to enter that space. Mm-hmm. And especially again, I'm highlighting the midweek more than than, yeah, than sure, Sunday. Sure, but but even even with Sunday, um, I have to change my normal in order to walk into there. And that, right. that's what I was talking about a few minutes ago with it being a, a soft space versus a competitive space. It is I have to not dress the same as I do when I go to work. I, I'm my language is completely different. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking with with church words, and you know, and I, I mean, I don't call you brother Taft. Right. I mean, I've never called you brother Taft. I mean, that that's just not the thing. That doesn't happen. Walk into any church, and it's brother so and so, and sister so and so. I don't call him that. 
that's church words, and and we use them in that space, and we all are guilty of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I think about it, that, is the the driving factor behind you know is it womanly behavior that we created a soft social space that we can go in and and meet the the meek and gentle Jesus and and to talk about the the sacrifice that He made for us and and all these things. Yeah, we have. We we have done that and I have seen it that way and I've experienced it. One of one of my boys said to me, because when you talk about changing and talking about putting on who you are and who you aren't, one of my boys said to me, and I want everybody to hear this, like I'm just telling you guys the truth. I said something about church attendance to one of my kids. And this is this is one of my two younger kids, okay? And so for those of you that know anything about me, uh these are still elementary students on the early side of elementary. And I said something about church, and one of them, it was on Saturday night, and one of them goes, ah. And I go, what's the matter, dude? Like, you don't want to do church? And he goes, it's not that. I said, okay, what is it? And he goes, there's nothing for me to do there. And at first, I'm like, okay, let me sit down and talk about how church isn't about you, how it's about God, how we worship him, and all this. And I turned, and I said I said these words um, to, to the beautiful lady listening to me. I said, He's not wrong. And with what he's saying, too, I think it represents a lot of men who feel there's nothing for me to do there because if we all went out on a project, here's where I'm going with this. I think it's the nature of the book. If we all went out on a project, what what would happen is Clayton's doing this, Randall's doing this, and I'm the one who may be going, hey, give me a job. And if we're on the workspace at the work site, it's an admirable thing to say, give me a job. When we talk about it with church and we say there's nothing for me to do there, we can hear it as somebody just being a consumer or somebody who maybe goes around the corner to a concert venue and is like, you better entertain me. But there's the flip side of it saying, maybe you should hear men saying, give me a job. Like, I believe in God. I'm here or I'm searching for God. That's why I'm here. And so if I want to be activated and I'm saying it. Hey, maybe my actions are saying, give me a job. There's something I need to do, want to do. One of our buddies, uh, Chris, um, he he reached out to me recently. And Chumley said to me, he said, hey, I got a question for you. And, and the question was, it's about giving. It's about money and giving. And this was a man asking this question. And he said, I, I'm just curious because I feel like there's a lot of men and people my age who we know we're supposed to give every week to a church or whatever. And he goes, but don't you feel like there's more people that want to give towards a project, give towards a family, give towards such and such. And he was like, is that bad? Like, are we shunning our responsibility to give every week as opposed to this? And I told him, I said, I have a great answer to this. And I said, when I say great, I don't mean because I'm great. It's a big answer because I've been thinking about it for a long time. I've told church leaders this. They talk about why people our generation. So those of you listening, I'm 43 and down aren't as convicted to give every week as those above us are. I said, it's not economics. There's people our age that are making some money. I said, it's the fact that and it's not that they don't trust you as elders or leaders, but people want to give their money now through the nonprofit space and the nonprofit world where someone can tell you about a task. They can tell you about a project. They can tell you if you give this, it's going to be the hands and feet of Jesus and I've had church leaders look at me and say, was that wrong? I mean, should they? And I said, no, no, no. If, as a church, as a leader of church, you don't have to think it's wrong. What you've got to think is this. Maybe we should tell people more 
what our tasks and projects and missions are. Maybe we should make them more active because there's dudes that want to get in the game. And if you get uh, all church leaders out here, please hear this. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're male or female. I don't care what your role is in the church. If you get the dude, if you get the man, you're going to get the family. I mean, over and over and over again. If you can grab daddy, I mean, it's just, you're, you're going to get it. I mean, it, it's going to be a greater chance for everything. And so saying catering to men feels funny. So let's not use that language. Talk to the men. Find out why some aren't engaged. Find out why some of them say this isn't a very masculine place. And then say, hey, what can I do about this to impact communities, to impact families, uh, and actually change the culture for everybody? When we go to break, I'm going to bring up something during the break that maybe we can bring up uh, in the second segment. But I, I, I think I know what the author of your book is saying, and I think I know what you're saying as well. But uh, I don't want to say it without talking to you first. Oh, I like it. All right. So we will explore that after the break. Stay with us here on Circle Unbroken. This is Coach Traders Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They're timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hoods for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Did you know that 70% of Americans age 65 or older will need some form of long-term care in their lives? And even more frightening, 7 out of 10 people who go into long-term care will become completely impoverished within one year. It doesn't need to be that way. You do not need to go broke in the nursing home. Call Prochowski Estate Law to learn how you can protect your life savings and hard-earned property from the high cost of long-term care. Call me at 931-363-7222. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to Circle Unbroken. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, joined in. We're just going to get to it again. Joined in by Clayton Harris. How's it going, man? And my man, Randall Roby. Hey, Taft. We are glad that you have not switched the dial on us, or we're glad that you did switch the dial if you were bumping some country or some hip-hop or just some other talk format, and you say, you know what, I'm going to jump over here. We're glad that you're here. And if you're finding us on podcast, we're glad that you went, took the 
took the time to look us up and to find us. And if you've never heard about our podcast, those of you in Radio Land, you can find us at frontporchtn.com. And you can go to our podcast section and you can take issue with anything we've ever said. Or go to iTunes, Amazon. Any any, any, any form. Yeah. Yeah. Find it there. You just type in Front Porch, Front Porch Radio, right? Yeah. TN. From Porch Radio. On those places. Just yeah. Put it in from Porch Radio, Circle Unbroken. Yeah. I love it. All right. So we're going to jump back in because we are talking about a popular book uh, that's been around for years now called Why Men Hate Going to Church, written by David Morrow. Uh, good book, a book that I've been teaching and looking at, but it's also a book, if you really jump into it, Why Men Hate Going to Church, you can immediately argue that, saying, hey, I'm a dude and I like going to church. But you can also look into concepts of how we're programmed and how we're built when it comes to women and men and church culture. And Clayton, you said something going into the break. It was a thought you kind of wanted to flesh out. And we did some off the mic, but let's do it again. What was your thought on this? It sounds like, um, well, I mean, we were just talking. I mean, this is a you know nationwide sure. thing with men in general. But it sounds like the church has a testosterone problem. Mm. And in Radio Land, people run commercials for that all the time. Yes, they do. Low T Center. Yeah. <laughs> you need to go get checked out. Yeah. You need to, hey, if, if your life is, and I'm not making fun, if your life is sluggish, if you're not who you used to be, you know, if, if you want to have more get up and go, like, like fill in the blank and it goes to all areas of your life, go, go get checked out and get what you need, right? So if we can say that about testosterone in the body, Roby, Surely, that there's some application here to dudes and church, right? What do you think? Yeah, gotta be. I mean, it's we've we've turned them into a social gathering place instead of uh, a place that is equipping people for daily spiritual battle. Mm. And and if it's not a place where I'm going to train for what I'm going to fight all week long, if I'm just going to hang out, there's a thousand and one other places that I can go hang out. Mm. Right. Yeah. I have a I have a hero of mine uh, who just hunt newsflash, folks, happens to be my father-in-law. And I look up to him in so many areas of my life. And he served as a leader at a local church. And in our faith background, it's not really an election, but it can it can feel like it. Sure. Uh, they, they put up a name. People object if they don't want to. And so I joked with him when he became a leader because everybody loves this dude. And when he became a leader at this local church, there were people that were coming up to him. And I said, man, you're the great white hype. Like they're coming up and talking to you about it. And there were people that were really excited that you had a real person who was going to help in leadership of this church, a very practical person, a very, hey, let's look. And his business background and his coaching background was this. Let's look and diagnose a problem so that we can fix it, not just gripe about problems. And it's just how he's built. I don't know the exact number, y'all, but he made it a few years, tops, maybe a couple. And, And he quit. He's the opposite of a quitter. He just doesn't quit. It's how he's raised all of us. It's how we've seen him. He just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't quit on things. And the conversation went down the path of sometimes being a church leader in certain cultures is hard because we would never run our businesses this way. And we sit in these rooms and we talk about things and it's very fear-based. Um, it's not very masculine. And he said, I finally had to come to the realization that you have to steward your time. And it hit me that 
if I ran my business the way that we were running these church meetings, that I'd go bankrupt. We'd go under. And it wasn't an attack. It wasn't a drive. It wasn't a, pardon the illustration here, a testosterone-driven deal. It was more of a, oh, I'll sit in the corner and worry and have fear. And, and he said, it just wasn't, it wasn't my jam, right? Now, those of you that know him, he would never say it wasn't my jam. But it, was, it just wasn't something he was going to put himself towards. And I think that goes, A, Clayton, towards what you said about there being a universal testosterone problem in the church, meaning what's your drive? What are you going to do? Uh, is the church impotent? I mean, literally, are, are you losing your, your, oh, I'm a, are you losing your thrust and power? Sorry, folks. Now, let me jump over here, Roby, to what you said. We table who we are at the door, right? Right. We, sorry, guys. I'm a sophomore in high school talking <laughs> about thrust and testosterone. But, Roby, I think we're losing that because we don't give our full identity when it comes to that. Right. And that, that's been the, the gist of what I was talking about through the first segment was that we, we have to change our identity to come sure. into the church right. space. And the, the idea of correcting that, obviously, that's, that's what we want to get into, right, is, is how, do we, how do we change that, that culture? Um, church has to become a space where men are free to be men. Uh, that we don't have to to change who we are to walk through the door, uh, and and that is an infusion of testosterone into the place. And and what does that look like? Uh, does it change the building physically? Does it change the the layout? Does it change the setup? Does it change the topics that we discuss? Um, I think there's a, a case can be made for all of those. Uh, that that yes, it, it does. It does change all of that. It changes our format to some extent. Um, what are the places that men do like to go hang out and like to be present? Where are places that we will open up and have conversation and, and, and those kind of things? When you start to identify what those places look like and compare and contrast those to what our average you know, classroom looks like at a church building, uh, you, you're going to find that those are, are vastly different spaces. Um, am I saying that we need to hang neon lights and, you know, whatever in the church building? I, no, that's not what I'm saying, but it does need to be more conducive to a masculine uh, feel and a masculine vibe when you walk in. There's, in, in education, I did some research on this years ago, there's there's tangible and then there's intangible when you walk into a classroom setting and you want to 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 have an opportunity for for people to communicate and to learn and to grow and all those things the the tangibles are our topics that we're going to discuss our uh, a book that we're going to use or or anything like that but the intangibles in that are things like how the room is set up mm. Uh, the the temperature in the room, the color of the walls, all of those things matter uh, when you walk into a space. And so you have to be, and this is one of my favorite things about my home congregation uh, that, that I do get to brag on pretty regularly, you have to be intentional. Yes. It has to be intentional. Uh, if it's just a, this is just the space that we use and we didn't take any time or effort or anything else to make it conducive to what we're trying to accomplish – then what was the point? And, and that the psyche of men is going to recognize that, and they're going to see that there was no effort put into this, and, and it was just thrown together and, and all of that. I have better things to do with my time. The, the thing, sometimes we slap people across the face and don't even mean to, okay? And here's where I'm going with this. With what you just said, I told you I'm teaching a men's group that's exploding on Wednesday nights, okay? And it's exploding in spite of all of us, but it's also – 
<laughs> it's also in spite of our church efforts, because guess what? You know what normally happens in that room? There's a sewing ministry at the church. That's awesome. And they move that stuff out so we can meet on Wednesday nights. Now, does that mean God can't operate in the space? He sure can he do can. whatever. Sure but it's not it's not intentional on having things for dudes. And think about what would happen if it was. Like what would happen if you actually said we're going to be geared towards bringing in men? Do it. They do it in youth groups. That's what I was fixing to say. Go look at your at your youth group space yeah. in any given congregation. Is it going to look different see, than the church? It looks different than the sanctuary room that we walk into. And why? Right? Why does it look different? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's because we're targeting that specific demographic, and, and we're trying to create a space where they feel welcome and they feel like that they belong and can contribute and all of those things. But we're not doing that on the, the and, men's ministry. And side. tell me, your church, those of you listening right now, doesn't do that. Tell me your church doesn't do that for the youth group and that they have a white table and some pamphlets in the middle of it, Okay. I can probably talk to you about your numbers. I can probably also talk to you. Maybe you have some people that are there because their parents are there and they're supposed to be there. But you want to talk about what they're doing outside the church? You want to talk about mission? You want to talk about, I mean, like when you build it and you make it in a way that is conducive, it doesn't mean, folks, don't hear this today saying you need to worship men. It needs to be the, the altar of men, you know, but there is a gap. There's something that we're missing. And if you don't think that's real, I want to ask this next question to all my guys in here, but also to everybody that's listening. If you're a man, have you ever hidden your faith from other men? Have you ever given your friends vague man? And this is a David Morrow phrase, man, acceptable answers to questions about your faith practices. And then I want to ask this. Why did you do these things? Because take a woman and ask her a question about her faith, ask her a question, and I'm being general here, okay, but about her faith and about this, and it's, bam, she's going to hit you with all of it, okay? I know that's women in general compared to men. We're more closed off. But there are things that dudes will get going about. Oh, yeah. And and a lot of times it's not faith. A lot of times it's not our faith answers. A lot of times I made the football illustration earlier. Shoot, we got a show in the morning, a uh, three dudes with a view political show. I mean, the guns are firing on there. Things happen there because it's a it's an easy, tangible topic to see who lines up where, who's passionate about this or that. And we're quick to put people in a different camp. So when it comes to our spiritual lives, ask a man a question about his faith. And as I ask this open to the uh, listening audience, I'm going to ask it to the guys in the studio here. Have you ever hidden your faith from other men? Have you ever given a vague answer when it comes to your faith because it's dudes? I'll, I'll answer absolutely 100%. Uh-huh. And, and then what I was pointing to just a second ago, for those of you just that are listening, sitting in the room, I was pointing to, the, to the, my phone, and it's I can show you text messages from friends on Wednesdays that are saying, you know, hey, what are you doing after work today? And my response to them is hanging out with the family, visiting with some friends. Mm-hmm. I'm at our Wednesday night Bible study. Right. Why do right. I care to say I'm at Wednesday night Bible study? Why, right. why is that a right. why is that a problem? Does that make you less of a man right? to, to say that? To say because the people that I'm talking to are not church people. Sure. Like they go occasionally. You know, we talk faith every now and then, but it's not our our primary conversation or anything like that. And, and so why do we why do I do that? It it, it really comes down to 
you want to project this sense of, no, no, I'm normal. I'm like you. I'm not one of those church types. You know, I'm not the church guy uh, right. that, that you're going to look at and think is different and all those kind of things. Uh, I, I, you know this from, from working in ministry work too. Just when you go out on the golf course, you get started and we're on like the fourth or fifth hole before it finally gets around us. So what do you do for a living? Right. And, and when you tell them it's the, oh, well, you know, I, you know, I try to go to church pretty regular and now the language changes the, you know, we, we put the six pack up and everything. I mean, it, we all, <laughs> we switch to water and all these kind of things. It's like, okay, what happened? Right. What happened? Right. I want to feel normal. I want to feel like I fit in because churches become the exception rather than the rule. Sure. Yeah. And Clayton was mentioning the church he goes to now. It is, it is changed for him. There are people that can come in and can be real mm-hmm. and, and that's refreshing. A- absolutely. Um, it, it, that makes me want to go on. Something. Yeah. Doesn't your church too have a Confederate flag in there? I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, no, I, <laughs> Dale told me that. I, there, I think there's an old Confederate general that's gotcha. in a gotcha. painting, but okay, so, something that would be canceled somewhere. I mean, it's a polk, so right. I mean, it's you know. Right. For those of you listening, Clayton goes to Main Street Community of the First Baptist Church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just whip them all in there. All right. So when we come back, we're going to finish up this topic about why men hate going to church. Do they? What can be done about it? Because we believe that there's hope for the future when we talk about men and church here on Circle Unbroken. This is Coach Traders Dog from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or parksmotorsales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They're timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. All right, all right. This is our last section here of today's episode on Circle Unbroken. I'm your host, Taft Ayers. Welcome back, Dr. Harris. Come on now. How's it going? <laughs> I, asked, I actually asked Dr. Harris if I could come get some treatment. You know, he said, come on now. And so I came, and I appreciate you always always taking care of me. Um, he's located in Mount Pleasant. You guys can Google it and find him. All right, Roby, welcome back, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Glad you're here. If, I always say if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. And so we're trying to do it right here on Circle Unbroken. We are talking today about... The book by David Morrow, Why Men Hate Going to Church. It's real funny. They, they listed it in our church announcements that that class was going to be going on on Wednesday nights. And usually, like if I'm teaching the parables or if I'm teaching, you know, uh, an Old Testament survey or, or anything like that, they'll just put the subject in there and they'll put the teacher's name. Well, if you look, they had to use like two lines. It's like, why men hate going to church by David Morrow. And then it says teacher Taft Ayers. Like they didn't want to get a bunch of emails. Like, what's he talking about? Why men hate going to church? Uh, and so it is. That, that's how you know it's a captivating title. That's how you know it's like when you're in marketing world and people are sending out those good emails where you get that one line in the subject. And you're like, what is this? Like, what do they mean by those few words? And, and what David means by writing this book years ago and then having a revised edition is that there has been a concept. There has been an issue. There has been a problem because churches have been associated um, with females, meaning I, I talk to more people that, that are not married, and I will hear men say this, I've got to, I got to change my life. I got to do some things different. I'm thinking about finding a good wife. You know what I'll do? I'll go to church. Like they say, I'm not going to hit the club. I'm not going to hit the app. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to church and try, and, and maybe, maybe there'll be a good girl there. I have had more conversations like that. And is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. Right? Like, let's go find God's people. Like, if she's there, let's find her. But on the flip side, I have not heard 
females say, I'm going to church to find a man. Now, I know it's out there. I know there's experiences where that happens. But as a whole, the concept is this. There'll be women there, not there'll be men there, right? And so as a whole, that's a concept here that that we want to talk about, that we want to look at, we want to explore. It's real easy, as we did off the mic here, it's real easy to go down the alcohol path to say, hey, there's a lot of men that drink. There's a lot of men that drink together, and they have fellowship from doing that together. And we're not here. We're not here avoiding subjects like addiction and dependency and all that. But there's a lot of things. I remember the first time I heard about a Bible and bruise. Uh, I remember I heard about a men's small group bourbon tasting. Uh, I've got this story of one of my buddies named Murph from back in the day, where his wife was trying to get him to go to church. She was trying to get him to go back to church, and she told him, she said, there's a small group that I want you to go to, and she said, and this is, this is at a church in Memphis, she goes, but you're going to like this one, honey, it's on Sunday nights, and he goes, ah, I get weird feelings on Sunday nights, I don't know if I want to do that, and she goes, no, no, this is a drinking small group, and so my buddy hears that it's a drinking small group, and you know what he says? He's from Iuka, Mississippi, so he says this, tally-ho! Like he was ready to go. And he said, Taft, I get ready to go to this, this drinking small group, right? Like with families and friends and all this. And some of you are listening to this right now going, yes. And some of you are going, I can't believe you would have a drinking small group. Well, he gets ready to go and he says, I show up and he said, I had, and he tells me this just random, like casuals can be. I show up with like a six pack of natty because they told me it was a drinking small group. And they looked at me, some of the dudes in the small group, they looked at me and they were like, what, what are you doing? He goes, my wife said it's a drinking small group. Let's crack a top and talk about the Lord. And it turns out they would pick like a craft beer every week or a bur- you see, You see when my voice even dropped? A craft beer every week or, or a bourbon selection. Uh, and they would, they would taste them and then talk about the Bible. And he goes, and they looked at me like I had a problem. Because I had a six pack of natty. And he goes, I flipped on them. And I said, y'all can't judge me. You're the drinking small group. <laughs> like, like he, he flipped on them. And so we can easily go down those paths and, and be funny about it. And then we talked earlier about how there's Christians that we know that alcohol was so taboo that they'd have to go to liquor stores out of town or not look at each other in the local aisle of, of some place or somewhere. And that's because alcohol is known as a staple in many different circles that'll bring people together. Let's have a beer on the porch. Let's go do this together. And that's an easy thing to come around. But let's go ahead and throw addiction. Let's go ahead and throw substance abuse and what can lead to huge destruction in families if not handled right. Let's throw that out the window and take that concept. Men around a drink is communal. It's, for lack of better terms, communion, right? The staple of why we're supposed to come together as a church. We're supposed to be around something, right? And we're supposed to be around a central idea together. And the central idea is Jesus and sacrifice, no matter what church you pick. So the Jesus that we know, love, peace, hope, joy, forgiveness, all money descriptions. But Jesus is multifaceted. And there's another Jesus, Roby. Yeah. Or let, let, that's not even a fair statement. 
There's more to Jesus. More to him than that. There's more to Jesus. Yeah. Talk the, about that. So the, the author words it this way is like the, the, the Lamb of God is also the Lion of Judah. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's the same guy. And the the same Jesus that does say, Let the little kids come to me and that is saying turn the other cheek and all these things is also the same one that flips tables and cusses at a fig tree. Mm-hmm. So I mean there's there's that same concept is there that there is another side of him. And and one of the challenges that uh that the author uses in this book that I really like, and this is one that I really think folks should do. You can pick up a cheap New Testament anywhere. And, and so pick up a cheap New Testament and, and a pink highlighter and a blue highlighter <laughs> and and go through and look at all of the interactions with Jesus. And every time you see him in a meek and lowly and and call it whatever you will, a softer space, sure. a softer action or whatever, a more feminine, uh, then highlight that in pink. And when you see him as Lion of Judah, where he's calling somebody out, or he's he's using coarse language, or or he's you know, I mean, you take even the uh, the woman at the well, and any, any any of his interactions like that, where he is just brutal with how he talks to people and and how he just lays out the facts. And John five of the man at the well is one of my favorites. There is he looks, or at the man at the pool of Bethesda, he looks at him. Do you want to get well? I mean, it's the right. it's just that kind of a, a calling people out. Highlight those in blue, and when you get done, see how much pink versus how much blue you have highlighted. And, right. and his challenge there was very much that you're going to see that the Lion of Judah shows up a lot more often than you think. And, and so the the idea of, of toning him down to make him more politically correct uh, is exactly the opposite of what we should be doing. It's, it's, it, it makes the church just one more thing that people can do instead of it standing out, instead of it being that, that place that people want to be part of, that want to be identified with. It just becomes another social setting. I, I have always liked in a movie – Give me the character. Now, the people I'm going to mention, I'm going to mention Tony Soprano. Uh, I'm going to mention Denzel, an American gangster. And th- those are extremes, right? right? But I've always liked the dude who's the family guy that handles business. Right. That's Tony Soprano. Yes. I've always, I've always loved it. I, I've always thought that those, those are really cool. Well, you, you, you inject humanity into that. There's a lot of problem. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot of in- discrepancies, all this stuff. You look at that in Jesus. The ultimate, as you said, lamb and lion. Uh, you look at that, and so you see somebody who's compassionate and convicted, and that's got to be shown to our kids, yeah. especially our boys. Yeah. So the the idea of, of masculinity to me, and this is one of the things that that I, you know, try to try to drive home to to folks at work. So this is something like you know, with my work, we we encounter some of the very worst in, in humanity, and and you catch people that are. Uh, that are that are violent people that are mm. that are committing crimes and all these kind of things, and and so to do the kind of work that I do, you you have to be capable of incredible violence. Sure, but the idea of masculinity is, man, I am capable of incredible violence, but that's under control. Mm. Mm. I can tone that. I can I can usher that. That that was Jesus. Right, he was, he was capable of incredible violence. Right. But he kept it under control. Mm-hmm. That was the demonstration of masculinity, and it's absent from our church. That's not what we present at church. What we present at church is there's no place for incredible violence. There's no place for uh, you know extreme acts of of heroism and all this. There's no there's no room for that. Right. 
Right. My, my, my oldest son, he's little. We're going to church. We're doing the VBS thing. We're superheroes. All the, all the action, right, that you do for kids. Yep. Not for men. We right. do it for kids. Right. And my son comes to me and he says, Dad, he says, my oldest son, he says, Dad, could Jesus fight? And I thought about it and I said, yeah, dude. I said, he could throw down. And then pause, pause, but he didn't. And so it was one of those things for me, could, but didn't. It was controlled, right? That's it. And so that's what I want people to remember. We're glad we had Randall Roby on today. If you want to know more about him, our special guest, you can go to ikanos.us, right? Yep, I-K-A-N-O-S.us. My man talks about resiliency in your business, your life, anything. Go see him. He's my boy. Clayton Harris, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Taft. We're glad that you guys were here on Circle Unbroken, and we believe that there is hope for the church in the future. Carry my mother away. Will we serve?